everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And today we have very special guests that we are talking with the hosts of Home for Hallmark, Molly and Brad. And and they have a new book that they showed, If Only Christmas Would Come. And we're so excited to talk to them about that. And uh, thanks so much to both of you, for Molly and Brad, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Excited to be here. So I am really curious about y- y'all's backstory about how you end up doing this podcast. Um, it was, you, you all are neighbors, right? Is that right? We are. So we, uh, we liked to call ourselves uh, neighbor friends at first. Um, uh-huh. We had done a couple of local theater productions together. And over the course of that process, we learned that we were, yeah, neighbors one street apart. And so you know, it was the occasional, Hey, you want to come over for tacos? You know, your husband's out of town. Sure. You know, and vice versa. Um, and then yeah, the Coco Roro hit (laughs) and, um, we sort of fell into each other's circle that way. The COVID circle. Yeah. And we were, as everyone was home, (laughs) bored, not not by choice. (laughs) Um, and so I, I had just said, Hey, I I'm a podcast listener and I thought, do you want to do a podcast? And she said, sure. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm game. <laughs> okay. And we had no idea what we were going to do it on. I mean, we originally were just going to be our crazy uh, spiraling selves without any sort of content and realize that we'd probably be institutionalized mm-hmm. if we <laughs> did that route. And then we just sort of stumbled on the idea of doing a Hallmark podcast. We thought, okay, this is a great way we can do a seasonal sort of eight weeks of podcasting and see how it goes. And, and, uh, little did we know, Rachel, um, (laughs) what we were diving into because one, we did not realize that the hashtag Hallmarkies were Mm. such avid, avid fans, um, at all. Yeah. And what we secondly didn't realize was that the Hallmarkies do not like any sort of criticism of their beloved um hallmark movies and it's, sh- yeah it's a very serious admiration that they have for sure <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. you know and through this process now going in year three we're um we get it oh yeah um, absolutely i don't know that we would necessarily voluntarily be watching these movies outside of this realm but you know i again i see the I see what it does. And uh, certainly as we have written this book with that heavily plays into the hallmark tropes, um, you know, that predictability and the feel good and the um, knowing what's going to happen by the end of the movie is. Yeah. There's a, there's a definite need for that and, and an attraction for that. And I also think that there are dedicated hallmark fans frenemies, if you will, of Hallmark that, Mm -hmm. that love to hate Hallmark and hate to love it. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like we've found a little bit of a niche there with our listeners. And then hopefully with the book, what we've done is we've sort of built on that and we've added some spice to it. It's got all of the tropes. It's got all of the feel good. And it's also got some more edgy content. So Yeah, so yeah, you we, are you were all just like the pandemic, we can't leave, let's do a podcast. You like Hallmark movies, I like Hallmark movies, let's make this happen. And we and, we yeah. ne- neither of us had ever seen a Hallmark movie. Oh, really? Never. Like, how did Never. you come up with that then as your idea? 
because, um, because it was because that Brad is a sadist. No, it was <laughs> because when we started thinking about this, it was September of 2020. Uh-huh. And so sort of looking at what was trending. And I do think like at some point Hallmark was trending on Twitter. Oh, and, yeah. And then I thought, oh, what about that? Countdown to Christmas. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. My mom was an avid uh, Hallmarky, I guess you would call her. Um, and my best friend is an avid Hallmark. Hallmark. Okay. So, yeah. So it's not like we were, you know, c- completely outside of the Hallmark um, fan base. It just has had never been me directly watching a Hallmark mm-hmm. movie before. So, yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting thing to like dive in to podcasting about Hallmark movies and being kind of introduced to them at the same time. Yeah, it was it was a sh- it was it was a shell shock, actually. <laughs> well, and and beyond that, it was a shell shock because, again, my crazy brain was like, oh, we could do a podcast, no, you know, not knowing what sort of microphones and cords and headphones and interfaces and, you know, editing mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think it was all very, very new. The whole thing was a discovery the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I think actually even, you know, this season has been just the whole time we've been discovering. We've just dared to suck at everything. Like, <laughs> I think you have to dare to yeah. try something new. You have to be willing to suck at it. And yeah. um, and we dared to do that. And and so far, I think it's been a little bit um, charmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to your to your point about, you know, timing and. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think when we sort of floated this idea around and we're not going to name drop the hall star that uh, sort of was the inspiration behind r- us writing a book in the sense of, well, if he can do it, we can do this. Yeah. Um, But I do think that, you know, we sort of have bent, you know, we didn't when we we said, let's try writing a book. We didn't say, OK, we're going to write this contemporary you know, 120 minute uh, Hallmark movie. It's like, uh-huh. all right, well, let's make it historical and let's make it really have some Christmas magic and yeah, the mm-hmm. spice element. And and so, yeah, no, we've sort of found this very specific pocket of Hallmark fans that I think to Molly's point, you know, the response that we initially thought we were going to get from this book, especially from that group, that base was, Oh, we're just going to get annihilated because it's, you know, it's when you associate anything a little edgy or more adult like with Hallmark, it doesn't really align. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to tell you, Rachel, we we've had so many like I want to say like secret DMs, like <laughs> like like the the red hot face emoji with like a heart, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, I, it is what it is. And and yeah. so, yeah, through all of this, it's just been uh, it. We, we like to just say uh, we had no idea. We have no idea what we're doing. Um, and we still don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 2020 was an interesting year to start watching because it, it was absolutely a miracle that they, what they did in 2020 to make 40 movies that year is just like unbelievable. Uh, but, uh, and, and they, they had some really good ones that year too. And the fact that they, in that pandemic, that they didn't, miss a beat like it's just amazing to me but there are definitely like things that that i think if they'd been released any other year would be like that was a weird choice why'd they do that and mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> when, when the whole town is six people right yeah <laughs> yeah or like in, holiday yeah like in nashville christmas carol like all of the all of the scenes are all in rehearsal so they didn't have to have a crowd you know things like that yeah. and they had plans for a crowd 
uh, or in Deliver by Christmas, the ending uh, scene, which I think actually kind of made it cuter. But the fact that they have this like very romantic scene and they're like basically quarantine distanced apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In it. Uh, Rachel's they... expecting us to remember what these movies are. <laughs> I do. You I, don't remember? Well, Deliver by Christmas. Oh, Deliver by Christmas was the. It was a really good one. It, it was, was one wonderful. Of more... It was the first yeah. time we saw the African-American leading lady. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It, it was a lot of the, you know, they had taken a lot of the you've got mail where it's the texting back and forth. Yeah. Right. See, I It's a really good one. Rachel, so just so you know, the dynamic is that Molly's the one who actually like watches these movies and takes notes. And then I just interject stupid, <laughs> yeah. uh, obnoxious, uh, obnoxious, hilarious commentary. Yeah. You know, Would... reading a book or listening to a podcast <laughs> while I'm watching with subtitles. I thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the good folks at Baker Publishing Group. Looking for the perfect gift for the book lover in your life? Dive into some great dual time novels this Christmas where the past intersects with the present. First up, we have By Way of the Moonlight by Elizabeth Musser. Allie Massey's dream to use her grandparents' estate for equine therapy is crushed when she discovers the property has been sold to a contractor. With weeks until demolition, Allie unearths some of Nanadale's best-kept secrets, including her champion filly, a handsome man, and one fateful night during World War II, and perhaps a clue to keep her own dream alive. Next, Where the Last Rose Blooms by Ashley Clark. More than a century apart, two women seek lost hope. Abolitionist Clara is determined to help an enslaved woman reunite with her daughter. Alice can't stop wondering what happened to her mother in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Faced with the unknown, both women will have to dig deep to let their courage bloom. Next, When the Day Comes by Gabrielle Meyer. Libby has been given a powerful gift to live one life in 1774 Colonial Williamsburg and the other in 1914 Gilded Age New York City. When she falls asleep in one life, she wakes up in the other without any time passing. On her 21st birthday, Libby must choose one path and forfeit the other. But how can she possibly decide when she has so much to lose? Then we have The Master Craftsman by Kelly Stewart. When Ava Lane's dying treasure hunter father entrusts to her his mission to find a missing Fabergé egg, she has no idea how high the stakes will climb or how her allegiances will be tested. Join the hunt in this lavish dual-time narrative that plunges you into the 1917 Russian Revolution, the fall of the Romanovs, and a long-buried Soviet secret. And finally, The Extraordinary Deaths of Mrs. Kip by Sarah Brunsfold. Frustrated reporter Aidan Kelly begrudgingly agrees to help a hospice patient prepare her obituary, but old Claire Kipp has some incredible stories and some surprises up her sleeve that promises to make this seemingly throwaway assignment a life-changing one. So head over to bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies to pick up one of these great books and use code Hallmarkies40 for 40% off these titles from November 14th to December 12th. That's bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies and use code Hallmarkies40 for 40% off. Would you say that you have become Hallmark fans be- through this process? Do you, do you do you enjoy the movies or are still kind of, mm, I don't know. Well, I think it, it w- it's an interesting point that you made that when we started this, it was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first year that we did our podcast, it was so, so easy to um, make fun of, you know, not only just the plots, but the probabilities of these things and the, you know, very old fashioned sort of 
hallmark movie that people expected and then over the last two years i think we've we've all kind of seen that hallmark has taken a different direction yeah um with you know progressive views and character depictions and diversity um, and casting well yeah, yeah that's another interesting thing about starting in 2020 because uh, of course in t- 2019 at the end is when uh the uh, there was the big scabuffle mm-hmm. uh over the zillow ad and uh and then so and then when they got they had a new ceo in 2020 so that's when things just started to change and of course the pandemic you know affected everything as it did for everybody uh but now i think we're 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 starting to see because it took a while i think to sort of get those scripts and things that were in development kind of made you know and then mm-hmm. I think this season we're seeing the the new regime, I guess, their ideas and their, you know, kind of thing the most that we've ever seen, which is mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, there are a few things that I've not been a big fan of, but uh, but for the most part, I've, you know, enjoyed most of most of the changes. So yeah, to answer your question, I I would say, I mean, my Christmas tree is already up. So yeah. if if Hallmark is having any sort of effect. I mean, it seems to be working. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, I think that this has just been a really fun adventure um, to be able to do this with my now friend neighbor. So, <laughs> um, you know, even though even though maybe the movies are still not the greatest, you know, it's fun to have a bowl of soup and have a glass of wine on a Saturday night and say, all right, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Well, At least and on my time. I think yeah. there are... They're just like any studio, they're quality and they're ones that miss the mark. I, I mean, I think that they make some legitimately good rom-coms uh, at Hallmark and, uh, and then others aren't good, <laughs> you know, just like anywhere <laughs> else, I think. Well, yeah. and the fact that they make so many, they produce yeah. so many, um, that's just also is going to create opportunity, I guess, for um, both really good and maybe not as good. Um, uh, for my for my part, I would say there are moments when I'm I'm just absolutely enraptured with it, um, mm-hmm. and I'm crying. And there are moments when it's like really um, challenging to me in terms of m- making me reflect on my life. Those are all good things about art, right? Those are the things we want humans want in art. Um, and then there are times when I just want to just turn it off. But so I think it's still for me very much. Uh, a a love hate uh, relationship Mm -hmm. i guess but i but sir i think more love than hate yeah for me at this point at this point (laughs) (laughs) what do you think is the enduring appeal of hallmark why are they still as uh, successful as i mean their ratings are always way higher than any of their competitors uh, of course, we don't know Netflix, but uh, uh, ratings. But uh, what do you think makes it so consistently uh, popular? And uh, people just people really enjoy these movies. What, what do you think, Molly? I think honestly, humans like predictability. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that was most challenging about the pandemic, and one of the things I think that was most attractive about Hallmark for me during that time was you knew how the movie was going to end. Yeah in a time when we didn't have any idea what tomorrow would bring for us. So I think that predictability brings comfort for, for us. Um, and then it's beautiful. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of beauty, um, in the scenery and the decorations. 
in the in the people that they cast um predictability and beauty you can't miss with humans when you're when you're providing that for them and i think that for me is when i see the most about hallmark being consistent they're very consistent with those two things yeah i mean i agree i think there's something wonderful about sitting down and knowing exactly what you're going to get and then getting it. I mean, yes, it's great sometimes to see something that's totally original and totally different and you never see anything like this before. And that's so exciting, but it's a different experience to mm-hmm. have something that is comforting and mm-hmm. familiar. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. What about, what do you think, Brad? No, I was just going to play off. We've, we've sort of been playing with that word this year, predictability. Um, we even did something on, on a, our Instagram story where we said, you know, do you watch Hallmark movies for the predictability or are you looking for something fresh? And I want to say we had, you know, close to 200 people respond and it was like a resounding, like 94% of people <laughs> wanted predict, you know, watch yeah. these movies for the predictability. So I, I agree with what Molly has to say. And I think if you, if you want the different kind of art, you go to a different kind of artist, mm-hmm. I think too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and honestly, like Hollywood stopped making movies like this. I think that people turned to Hallmark because they just stopped making romantic comedies. I mean, this year we've seen a resurgence, which has been so nice uh, with Marry Me and The Lost City and uh, Ticket to Paradise. Uh, And I hope they continue and see that all three of those movies made money. So I hope that they see that and say it doesn't have to just be on Netflix and Hallmark, but that we can have rom-coms on the big screen as well. But for years, I mean, you might get a occasional indie or, you know, crazy rich Asians, but it was few and far between. And I mean, it's no secret that almost all movies are made for young men between 17 and 25. And, and so that leaves out a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that don't get movies that uh, speak to them or that entertain them. And uh, so there was a void and Hallmark stepped up and said, we're going to fill that void. <laughs> yep. They and they did. did. They, they did. do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's why I started watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I needed my rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have favorites that you have covered on the podcast that uh, in these three years? The ones, mm. any that stand out. Well, Molly's got to start this because <laughs> I don't know what the titles are. <laughs> um, so I think one of my favorites was USS Christmas, which we actually covered oh. our first season. And the reason for that was because this is one that my husband actually watched with me. He was in the Navy for nine years. Uh-huh. Um, and so he was kind of our, our guest. He was definitely our guest on that, on that episode, but he was sort of our, you know, expert um, uh-huh. commentator, if you will. And so it was really fun to watch it with him and especially get the stories that he told about the Navy while he, while we were doing that. And it was, that was a sweet, although not accurate military from a military perspective, that was a sweet movie. Um, yeah. So that was, that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, Delivered by Christmas actually was one yeah. of, was one of my favorites. It was a good one and it, it, it was, was so kind of good. refreshing to see. Yeah. So, um, and then this season lights, camera, Christmas, the one we um, watched last weekend, mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoyed that movie. Yeah, um, would would enjoy that movie if it was on any network. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are a few of mine. Yeah, those are some really good ones. I it, it was it, I have fondness for the experience of at least covering USS Christmas because it was written by Andrea Canning, who is a 
the one of the correspondents at, at Dateline. And she, her husband is in the military. And I think that's why it, 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 it worked as well as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it had that, you know, personal connection and it was just really cool because I got to interview her. And I mean, for me, I'm just doing this out of my house, just kind of figuring it out on my own to be able to, mm-hmm. to inter to interview, like a professional journalist was very intimidating for me, but she couldn't have been nicer and it was a great experience. But, uh, but yeah, that was definitely one of like the proudest interviews that I've done is because she's like a real journalist. You know? so she's awesome. Uh-huh. Did, she, did she give you a critique on your interviewing skills afterwards? Be like, she was so nice. <laughs> that is cool. But, but yeah, those are some, some good ones. Uh, do you have, Brad, do you have like maybe hall stars that uh, some of the actors that maybe you tend to like their movies or? Or anything, or or type of movie that you tend to like? So I was thinking the one that I really liked, and I think I had said it was the one to beat, um, and I'm going to get it. uh, It was like Undercover Christmas. It was the one that Paul Campbell wrote. Oh, Santa Stakeout. Santa Santa Stakeout. Yeah, so I like, you know, when you add in a little bit of a mystery, Mm -hmm. um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we the first season we did, we sort of split our time between Hallmark and the Hallmark movies and mysteries, which is where you sort of get the, yeah. you know, found a found grandma's locket in a old <laughs> cedar box. And now we got to go find to it. Um, so I do kind of miss that element. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Sticking yeah, it seems like strictly. Molly, you really like the the more emotional ones, the because uh, the USS Christmas and Delivered by Christmas were both on movies and mysteries. Uh, it seems like you like those ones that like make you cry a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. if a movie doesn't make <laughs> me cry, laugh, get angry, like uh-huh. th- those are the things that I, you know, I mean, I want to feel stuff when I sit yeah. down in front of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think it, the only thing that I think makes it hard with the emotional ones, and it can do that can do it, and they can do it well, is is it's I think it's harder to pull off in the time allotted. Uh, the I think the rom coms you have with the rom coms you have particular archetypes and particular tropes that you don't have to do any backstory on. You just boom, they're there. You know this is a bad man of business. You know this is a fake fiance. You know this is, you know, like mm-hmm. you know exactly. And so you can just go and make yeah. it work. Whereas I think the dramas are harder that way, you know, because mm. there aren't those kind of archetypes in the same way that there are for rom coms. 
And, and so I think it makes it harder to do the conflict. And I think it makes it harder to do the resolution and just all of that to make it work. So oftentimes they feel rushed to Mm me. Uh, And especially at the end, like the last act will often feel rushed, but I mean, there certainly are some good ones. And I I liked last year, uh, the, um, I think it was called one December night, the one with, um, uh, with Bruce Campbell, Peter Gallagher. Did you guys cover that? Mm. No, we didn't. <laughs> oh, it was, a, it was a pretty good one. I think you'd like it because it's about a, um, it's about this this duo, uh, like folk singing duo that they mm-hmm. broke off. Uh, but their uh, their daughter and son kind of bring them back together, and the one is starting to lose his memory, and mm. so it had that emotion, but mm. it was also charming and and uh, so anyway, that's when one December I night. I'll check it out. I think that's what it was called. But okay, just look good. Up so Bruce we're not. Campbell I'm not the only Hallmark one. movies. <laughs> but she's rattled off like eight or ten movie titles. Know who wrote them? Knows who directed them? So we're still losing. We're still losing. <laughs> well, let's talk about the book. So, how did you get this idea to write a book together? And because I mean, that's a that's a lot. And I feel like so many people talk about writing a book, but then like don't actually sit down and do it including myself in that. So I'll start by saying I've wanted to be a writer for since high school. Uh Um, and when I started college, I was a creative, a creative, creative writing major. I've started three novels. Um, Mm -hmm. they, they get to a point for me or they got to a point for me where I was in a perpetual editing phase. So that's kind of my background with writing. And then I'll let Brad take it from there. Um, so I, you know, as someone who, you know, we have this podcast, we don't have merchandise, we don't have, um, you know, mugs or stickers or anything like that. I just, I thought, what would be a kind of unique take on a tangible that we could present out to people? Um, and, you know, not, I don't, I don't know that many podcast hosts, shows, you know, turn author um, yeah. in the fictional world and so really we you know with us being this sort of snarky kind of criticizing duo that we are we decided originally that we were going to do a 200 page hallmark (laughs) spoof novella it was hilarious by the way um and there are there are some elements that we kept you know Mm -hmm. some of the feedback that we've gotten about those those scenes are you know, they're kind of cringy, but that was because that was the original intent was that okay. we were going to write this, yeah. this spoof. Outrageous, farcical spoof. Yeah. And so back in April of last year, after we finished the first draft, um, it went out to beta readers and all of a sudden our 200 page spoof was 250 pages, you know, 300 pages, 350 pages. And, and, and then all of a sudden, as we started to read it, and you know the perpetual editing right molly and i used this google google doc where we could essentially i might be in there at 2 30 in the morning typing a sentence and then all right. of a sudden i would see molly click into the line that i just typed <laughs> and then she would you know reword it and so then i would retaliate and i would go back 20 pages and you know do the same thing um and so again we had no idea we weren't sure that it was going to work that we were going to finish this. Um, and 
somehow we somehow it worked and then you know we got great editors mm -hmm. and feedback and and it got better and better and better and we still don't hate each other all the time yeah you got I mean, through we, it we, wow we, we did i mean there, we, there are days but yeah i mean it was it was not an easy process i think the creative process with another human being is is challenging yeah um, i mean weren't there a couple characters in our movie lights camera christmas that had creative issues yeah. <laughs> anyway um yeah so it, it was challenging for sure but I think also those challenges made it made it much, much better than it would have been if either of us had done it on our own. So I was going to ask about the process for writing it, because I've, I always thought that would be very challenging to write a book with two people. Uh, it, it ha so did you each kind of take turns? I mean, it sounds like you were both writing at the same time sometimes, but did you sort of say, OK, this will be my I'm going to write today and then you'll write tomorrow or uh, and how did you keep it cohesive? So it sounded like one author. Mm. Do we start? No, I'll take it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm very, um, time driven and like organized like that. So when mm -hmm. we started this process in November of last year, um, obviously we sat down, we sort of threw out, we had a working document and set, threw in some ideas, historical, contemporary, and very quickly, you know, I think because we were in the Christmas um, mode already, the story, this, you know, overarching plot was very quickly laid out. Mm -hmm. And so from the start, we sort of said, well, we're going to be as difficult as possible, right? We decided we were going to write this from third <laughs> dual point of view in third person past tense. Sometimes past, sometimes, um, sometimes past, sometimes present. Yeah, our editor. Yeah, we change it up. <laughs> poor, poor Brit. Um, but we yeah. we decided that Molly would take one character and I would take the other. Oh, nice. And and because we were novice at this, when we broke it up into four months, September, October, November, December, we sort of said, okay, by January 15th, we'll be at the end of September at, um, you know, and so that's how we sort of laid it out to get us where we needed to go. Um, and then we decided that within the chapters, um, there would be a little cranberry break. And so, mm -hmm. you know, whether the first part of the chapter was in Sarah's point of view, and then it switched to Nick. So that was how we were able to um, both be doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then back to that haha -ha funny of, of, you know, Molly editing and me going back and doing the same thing. I think that to your question, Rachel, is that's, I think how we found that continuity and tone mm -hmm. and voice was yeah. because the, every word is a combination of both of us going yeah. back through you know hundreds of times the first draft you would be the first draft would have been so stark you know to read it I went back and read it and I was like it was so stark who wrote what but because we had almost like a rock tumbler we had tumbled those words around over and over and over enough that it was truly like a blend of our our voices how did you decide to make it set in 1910 to make it in the past as opposed to contemporary? I'm also going to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> because, because, um, Rachel, Molly has an infinity for very odd, a passion, a passion for sci-fi and fantasy mm -hmm. and, and original oh. historical. She, she yeah. was begging for this to be a Viking romance <laughs> novel. Oh, no. So you're you like know, when when Doctor Who goes back in time, you're like that's that's your oh, sweet yeah. spot. You oh, love that, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, 
But uh, truthfully, how we landed on 1910, and it's so funny because I would say probably 30% of this process was the research. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, what the buildings look like, what the buildings were called, learning the geography. and Did they say dad in yeah. 1910? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that um, kind of stuff. But, you know, one of the crucial plot points towards the end is um, a storm. I guess at this point, mm -hmm. our book's been out for three weeks, so we can- Yeah, people we can know that kind of, yeah. So there's a storm. Um, and our friend Kristen- um, who has appeared on our podcast in um, a variety of <laughs> roles <laughs> at this point, um, she threw out, what about Prince Edward Island? So then I threw that out to Molly, who then said, absolutely. He was trying anything to get me off the Viking right. track. Yeah. Anne, of Green, <laughs> Anne of Green Gables was like the immediate you know, flag that popped up. And then through our research, um, looking at the, al um, the Almanac, mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, the storm, so people that tell us that we didn't put enough like historical research into the book um uh, december 16th 1910 yeah is the largest snowstorm in prince edward island history yes and so until that date yeah the whole book is is wrapped around that particular day when sarah has to go deliver the cranberries well, I was going to ask if you were just like Jones in for a an excuse to expense a trip to Prince Edward Island. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have to sell a few more books. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a fewer two I or mean, seven more thousand books. I've always thought if I was a writer, I would definitely set one in Hawaii because then I would just have to go research. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was Kristen's idea to set it in Prince Prince Edward Island. Did you, you so, neither of you ever have ever been there or only in my dreams? <laughs> no. <laughs> so again, that's yeah. where it was like, yeah. okay, where's the closest train station to the northernmost part of the island? I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, and, yeah. and and we we kept the names. I mean, there's very few fictional elements very few. about the island yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, from the general oh. store to the well, and I you feel you the resources are out there if you want to see. What did what did the main street of Tignish um, PIE look like or PEI look like in 1910? Th there are pictures of those things. If you yeah. want to, I mean, Google Street View, I kind of feel like I have been to North Point Lighthouse and in PEI because the resources are there. Yeah. So um, there was a tremendous, like Brad said, a tremendous amount of research, Google mapping, Google Street View, um, all kinds of, you know, you know, photographic research. But even even like elements of, you know, we, you know, genes were first produced, mm -hmm. Levi Strauss from in Reno, Nevada, which is where we're from. So, you know, we tried to sprinkle in these Easter eggs yeah. on top of the breadcrumbs that, you know, some people have picked up on. <laughs> some have not. Um, some have not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we really tried to really pay attention to the details along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So as you've mentioned, the book is a little bit spicy. Mm. certainly more so than hallmark uh so what was that like writing those passages was that like i don't know that just seems like that would be it was incredible it was it was surreal and we never did we never <laughs> well, that's wrote, one way to describe it <laughs> we, never wrote any of, we never wrote any of those in the same room at the same time no. yeah never that so would be it better. Would, yeah oh yeah. So, and again, again, we want people to understand that yes, we are platonic yeah. neighbor friends. Right. Um, so yeah. there is a kind of a reason why, for our first book, we kind of had these kind of cringe worthy 
spice moments. Because the whole thing was uh-huh. a little cringeworthy for us. For us to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would think being platonic friends, that would make it even more awkward to write those scenes. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think it also, I think it added a, I mean, we've, we laughed so much through oh it gosh. because it yeah. was like, are we really going to, you know, are you, who's going to type that word? You're going to type, <laughs> you, you type it, you know? Yeah. And, and again, yes, most of those scenes were, were written late at night individually. And then um, we were editing those when we knew the coast was clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we, we, neither of us take ourselves real seriously. We're, yeah. we're I mean, yeah. So, mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, I had fun with it. I thought it was a... I liked the characters of Sarah and Nick. Uh so how did you kind of come up with their their characters? How did you develop them? Well, um, do we want to give away who wrote who? Not really. Okay. I mean, I, I guess my before before we answer that, <laughs> Rachel, did you follow the breadcrumbs? I think so. Okay. <laughs> you know the secret? <laughs> um, no, I think we, with the characters, I think it was, again, it's 1910, so... We were really trying to add um, 21st century elements where, you know, like a character like Nick, if if he was in 2022, like he clearly has probably some substance issues. Mm-hmm. He's got some anxiety disorder, yeah. mm-hmm. anxiety disorder or depression that's, you know, undiagnosed and untreated. They, go both, <laughs> they both get pretty sloshed at times. They do. Well, that both. very wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good man it's good stuff um and yeah i think sarah too she probably has some unresolved ptsd and you know she's a woman born in the wrong generation um Mm -hmm. so i think those were some foundational elements that we wanted to incorporate into the characters um well and there's a lot of um my family too like you know i mean i think you write what you know i know you write what you know right or you write what interests you so the people that we created in this book are interesting to us mm-hmm. um, or they're ele- they have elements of our character or people's character that we either love or don't like so much. I mean, they're um, we tried to make them interesting and fun and real so that they were relatable. Um, and, and, and again, it's the same process where one of us started one character um, and one started the other. And then together we refined them into what, what people are reading now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. So people can find the our affiliate link in the description if people want to check it out, and uh, and you can find it anywhere where you know they sell books. So you should all check it out. 
Uh, but we like to end our interview with some fun Christmas questions. So I'm going to ask both of you. First off, what is your favorite holiday drink? Why don't you go, Molly? Um, my favorite holiday drink is definitely going to be eggnog. And I kind of, <laughs> Brad's going to barf. Um, I'll put whiskey in it. I'll put cognac in it. My husband really likes Kahlua in it, which is odd to me. But uh, <laughs> but eggnog. Yeah. Yeah. Brad? I'm going like traditional apple, hot apple cider. Oh, nice. Okay. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Mine's peppermint bark. Thousand percent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not really a dessert person. Mm, Okay. Something lemony. Yeah, sure. A lemon bar, (laughs) a a Christmas lemon bar. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm a lose? real traditional Carol Carol person. My actual favorite is called Once in Royal David City. No one has ever heard of that. So <laughs> I'll say, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, nice. Okay. What is your favorite classic Christmas movie? Well, define classic because my, right. my ultimate favorite Christmas movie is The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay. I think that counts. For me, it's a wonderful life. That's huge right. Jimmy Stewart fan. Yeah. That one will bring on all the feels since you like yep. those emotional ones. I do. Yeah. Can't beat it. All right. Which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? Oh, the Grinch. Same. Okay. Clear lights or colored? I went first last time. Um, Classic white. Colored. Okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or, or build a snowman? Snowball fight. Yeah, you get to... Throw things at your <laughs> your neighbor friends. Throw things. <laughs> well, the thing about building a snowman is it has to be a lot of snow, right? So but snowball fights, mm. especially especially bit. where we're at, it's mostly like slushy ice it snow. Is. Yeah, <laughs> so it really it really pelts you. Yeah. All right. Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or no? Oh yeah, no. I am. Bags, <laughs> Amazon bags all the way. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Last question: Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? Yes. Oh yeah. What does it look like? Oh, it's a, well, I, I made an ugly Christmas sweater that has just a, a, just a whole glob of crap on it. And (laughs) it was during 2020. So I also have an ugly Christmas mask. So nice. The matching ugly Christmas mask. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do have a, um, an ugly Christmas sweater. It has a snowman on it, but it has some ornaments hung in a strategically placed location on the sweater. So we'll leave it at that. Okay. Good. It's for the, it's for the holiday office, <laughs> adult office party. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks so much to both of you for coming on the podcast and supporting the podcast. I really appreciate it. And like, so we'll have the links for the book and for your show in the descriptions. People should definitely check it out. And, uh, and you have your social media, Are you just on Instagram or do you do Twitter? We do the Twitter. Oh, yeah, okay. we we yeah. might even be blue check verified at this oh, by the wow. time this yeah. episode. Comes You're putting out, out the eight dollars, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, we're at uh, at home for Hallmark on both of those. So don't spend eight dollars. Become a patron for eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Much better benefits. <laughs> but yeah, thanks again, and hope you both have a very merry Christmas and enjoy the rest of Countdown to Christmas. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks. You, you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
We'd like to thank Molly and Brad for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with them. I hope you all enjoyed it and let us know what you think about all the things we talked about in the comments or on Twitter. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also make sure you're following the podcast to Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. It really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, like we mentioned, and the merch store, which has tons of fun festive designs. And uh, thanks again to Molly and Brad. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.